if I haven't met you before, uh, I'll be continuing our sermon series here on the new year and the new you by talking about the new mind tonight. Uh, And I want to begin by saying that um, the problem with our mind is not actually our mind itself, but it's with the heart. Uh, I thought I'd do an experiment with everyone just to kick things off. Um, It's probably not super appropriate, so just imagine for a minute that uh, I ask you all to close your eyes um, and and rate your own intelligence uh, on a scale from kind of below average, average, or to above average. Uh, I'd kind of expect that more people um, than probably should have uh, would rate themselves into the average to above average category uh, than really should be there. Um, But, you know, uh, that's just a statistical truth. Um, The truth is, as humans, we're not super good at objectively estimating our own mental capacity. There's a reason why we are let down so much by exam results. Uh, Even if they were fairly good, we always think, no, we're totally better than that. Um, there's a lot of our human identity wrapped up in how intelligent we think we are, uh, and maybe uh, that's not a good thing. So many of the ways in which we try to belittle people um, are by asserting intellectual dominance over them. Uh, So we call people idiots, stupid, foolish, thick, uh, whatever else you can think of. Um, You may think, oh, no, I totally don't do this, uh, but I have this for you. Um, If you're in a disagreement with someone uh, and there's no resolution, uh, usually we rationalise this by thinking, well, the other person just doesn't get it uh, or they don't understand, um, which is just another way of saying that I'm better equipped to deal with this situation or this problem uh, on an emotional or an intellectual level than you are, uh, so much so that you may never actually truly see my point of view. We know how powerful the human mind can be. We can cure disease We can cool our houses in the summer and our churches. Uh, We can make pieces of art that are aesthetically pleasing or that connect with people on an emotional or on a conceptual level. But for all our technological, scientific, aesthetic and emotional progress that we've made during our time here on Earth, we're still somehow able to sympathise with Greek and Roman poets who lived millennia ago. The mind changes, but the human heart stays the same. The Russian novelist Leo Tolstoy gives a summary of the goals of the mind, so the purpose of the mind, when it's left to the path that the human heart sets out for it. He writes, I tried to perfect myself intellectually and studied everything I came upon in life. I tried to perfect my will, setting myself rules to follow. I perfected myself physically, uh, practicing all kinds of exercises in order to develop my strength and dexterity and I cultivated endurance and patience by undergoing all kinds of hardship. All this I regarded as perfection. The the beginning of it all was, of course, moral perfection, but this was soon replaced by belief in general perfection. That is, our desire to be better, not in my own eyes, or before God, but in the eyes of other people. And very soon, this determination to be better than others became a wish to be more powerful than others, more famous more important, and wealthier. Just move this so it stops catching on my beard. Uh, Note how, in Tolstoy's comments, how at the beginning he recognises his need for moral perfection uh, as some sort of value to direct his cognitive toil of self-mastery, but how quickly that is supplanted by an ethic of kind of self-gain or a selfish ethic. We may get better at using our minds to solve problems, 
that our own ability, inability to change our hearts mean that we are unable to control what ultimately motivates our thoughts. Our minds are directed by our hearts. Thankfully, as Mark spoke about last week, we have access to a new heart. And Romans 12 tonight will hopefully give us a program for how to align our minds in, pers- in pursuit of uh, the desires of our new heart. The first point that I have uh, of God's plan to redeem the mind may seem slightly counterintuitive, Um, But it's this, it's that the mercy of God melts the human heart. Romans chapter 12 verse verse 1 reads, Therefore I urge you brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. From this we learn that those who have received God's mercy should live in response to his mercy. God's mercy is explained earlier in Romans chapter 5, that while humanity lived in open rebellion to God, God sent his son Jesus to die for humanity in order for them to be saved from God's righteous punishment for rebellion. It is in response to this merciful character, as exemplified in God's merciful act, that we should live in worship to God. Uh, If you're not personally living in active worship uh, of God, The invitation to accept Jesus' sacrifice for you and for him to help you change your life in response to this mercy is open. In Romans chapter 10, we read that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. So in view of this mercy that God gives us, the passage urges us to offer our whole bodies to God as an act of spiritual worship. Note how different this is to Tolstoy's plan for moral perfection. Tolstoy's was a plan where the individual set their own parameters and rules and then cognitively toiled where the guiding principle was to become better in the eyes of other people. Tolstoy's plan was to change himself so that others would worship his perfection. In contrast, the letter to the Romans urges us to respond to the mercy of God by giving up the self in worship of another, in worship of God. This is the important first point. We should be offering our praise to God in response to his mercy rather than trying to change ourselves by the toil of our mind in order to become an object of praise. My second point is this. In light of your changed heart and desire to worship the one true living God, be transformed by the renewing of your mind and discern God's perfect will. Verse 2 reads uh, very similarly, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and his perfect will. Two years ago, I bought my sister Grace a mindfulness coloring book. Uh, Anyone remember those ones? Yeah, John Arningas, thanks. Good support. Um, They're based on this psychological mindfulness theory, uh, whereby you are able to take kind of some management of your emotions, Uh, you can manage stress, Uh, gain a sense of clarity by focusing on the present, uh, the actions of the present, hence the relatively simple but enjoyable act of kind of colouring in complex patterns and shapes. Uh, Now, I'm not going to knock the practice of mindfulness or the uh, discipline of psychology, but it seems uh, quite helpful and effective. Um, So, yeah, that's why I'm not going to mock it, because it seems to work. But mindfulness in the case of Tolstoy, for example probably wouldn't have resulted in any different results um, to the ones that he did kind of achieve. So mindfulness can also result in self-praise, basically. 
Uh, it's interesting, however, as it shows us that it can be helpful for our mental health to take some control over our lives. I struggled with mental illness in year 12, and I saw my fair share of psychologists and psychiatrists. I had a particularly good one um, and a good relationship with him, and in one of my final sessions with him, uh, I asked him, what do you think the meaning of life is? Why, why are we here? Uh, and he said, take a chocolate bar. This might be a little weird, but just bear with me. Take a chocolate bar, a picnic bar if you can, because it has more interesting and complex texture. Eat it and spend about five minutes or so focusing on the sensory experience of it in your mouth. Think about the texture. Think about the taste. Focus on how it starts off cold and then gradually warms. Uh, put it on your tongue. Put it at the back of your tongue. Taste it between the tip of your tongue and the roof of your mouth. That's what life's all about. And it's also about this, uh, in his um, quoting of Freud, love and work. As humans, we take a great feeling of security by exercising our control over things. Mindfulness is just another great way for resting back that control and shortening our horizons when we feel overwhelmed. Um, and, I, I mean, I found his response slightly uh, unsatisfactory, um, but I think what it does reveal is that often the meaning of life can be replaced with just the doing of life, just experiencing life as you find it. Um, my first point was that our actions should be in worship of God in response to his mercy. Verse 2 of Romans chapter 12 brings our attention to an element of this pursuit where we are able to take back some sort of control. Conform no longer to the pattern of this world. Uh, what follows... Well, that's weird. Yeah, sorry, verse 2. Conform no longer to the pattern of this world. Seems like we're meant to cease conforming, to have some sort of control. Uh, but what follows is kind of problematic uh, to that view. And it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, it's not super clear from that verse who is actually doing the transforming, who is acting the transforming. It's happening to us, but who is doing it to us? Um, this is the process of sanctification. Uh, sanctification is the process by which Christians become more like Jesus in their hearts, their soul, and their mind. A Christian is conformed to God's perfect will and not to the pattern of the world. Uh, in 2 Thessalonians 2.13, we learn that it is by the Holy Spirit that someone is sanctified. But at the same time, in 1 Thessalonians 4.3, we learn that humans also have some sort of active role in our sanctification. So in light of God's mercy to us and as a spiritual act of worship, we are meant to be actively participating with this Holy Spirit uh, in its renewing of our minds. So the question follows, what, what fills our minds um, to begin with? What dominates your thoughts individually? Because this will be very quickly and clearly reveal to you what the weather is like in your heart. The link between the heart and the mind is crucial, so what's going on in your heart? What do you feed into it day in and day out? We're always feeding, so we're always feeding something into it. So what should you be feeding into it? Uh, I think the verses that we read two weeks ago are really helpful here. When asked what was the greatest commandment, or what is the greatest commandment, Jesus said that it was to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And then he said that the second one was like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. Renew your mind by thinking of God, how you love him, serve him, and honor him. Even better, let the Holy Spirit, through the Bible, help and guide your thinking in how you can love God. It doesn't need to be said how important personal Bible reading is in the renewal of our mind. So how are you going, how are you going with that? 
do, do we read our Bible here? Uh, not only read it, do we enjoy reading it? Um, is it an important, protected and focal moment of our days? Are we letting God speak to us by meeting with him? Uh, renew your mind and learn to discern the will of God by reading your Bible. Our God is relational. He wants to meet with us. He wants to be the priority of our day. Uh, if you're not sure what something means, then ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the meaning of it to you. Use your mind in spiritual worship of God. Uh, my second point of application comes from Jesus' words, but I'm also borrowing an idea from the Christian philosopher Nicholas Voltersdorf. Voltersdorf makes the point that we, are often, uh, that we often separate what God sets as our human responsibility we separate that from what he sets as the goal towards which he is actually working. So there's a bit of a divide there. In our case, we may be so caught up in our participation with the Holy Spirit as it renews our minds uh, that we can divorce that from the Holy Spirit's work in renewing other people's minds or from God's plan for redemption and peace for our world. If God is bringing about a world in which every tear will be wiped away from our eyes, and one where there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, and this is God's perfect will for the world, then why are we not working towards this too with our minds? In in loving our neighbour, should we not be trying to participate in God's plan to bring peace to the world? Uh, Renew your minds to think about ways in which you can bring God's peace to people around you and live it out as a spiritual act of worship. There are so many things that you can do here, and so many ways in which you can apply this all to your life. As a creative person, you may want to think about how you can use your skills to help people understand the brokenness of this world and to point them towards the peace that God is actually bringing. God's plan for his creation reveals that he is not satisfied with a state of affairs that is not peaceful. Use your craft to show this, but also show the potential for peace that we know is coming. As a doctor or as a nurse... You may want to alleviate pain and suffering through your care, as one day the God that is renewing your mind through his Holy Spirit will ultimately bring an end to death and to pain. As a student or a school, uh, at school or at university, we can renew our minds by learning to recognize where the brokenness of our world is and how God is going to ultimately bring peace to that. You may even want to read a book or two. Finally, we see in verse 3, that we are to think of ourselves with sober judgment. Uh, This is just a command to not use our renewed mind that God is working on to place ourselves above others. The passage shows that it's not our intellectual firepower that it's important, but rather that the human mind is only as good as it is able to respond to God's mercy in an act of worship. Renew your mind, discern the will of God, as a response to God's mercy and as a spiritual act of worship. I'm just going to pray. Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit and loving Father, renew our minds as we seek to worship you. Give us the heart you want us to have and let that guide our thoughts. Amen.